Hello and welcome to The Wave, a podcast by Flutterwave. I'm Wendy Akumulafe Kalu. In our limited series called Businesses vs. the Pandemic, we'll be talking to businesses in Africa about how the pandemic has affected them, their business operations, and their revenue. In this episode, we're speaking to Oso, a lifestyle company focused on promoting wellness through food. They're based in Lagos, Nigeria, and founded by Afyong Osuchuku and Foluke Oyeleye. So I'm Afyong Osuchuku. I'm uh, one of the two co-founders of Oso Nutrition. Um, and then Foluke, do you want to go ahead? I'm Foluke Oyeleye. I'm the co-founder of Oso Nutrition. And um, I think for Afyong and I, we, we co-founded Oso Nutrition in 2004. 14, Afyong actually started off also nutrition and I joined later, about a year later. Um, we've known each other for a number of years and um, we, we started this business because we, we had just moved back from, um, from um, well, Afyong from America and I from the United Kingdom and we got to, to a market where we couldn't see any business that met, met our needs in terms of nutrition and providing the kind of healthy food and meals we were, we were used to when we were back in the UK and the US. And um, Afyong is a trained chef. You want to say something about yourself? I don't want to speak about you so you can, can <laughs> say fine. a bit more. <laughs> yeah, so um, like Felicia said, you know, when we both moved back from overseas we were just seeking options healthy options that we could have for lunch what that we could grab and go um, while commuting back and forth to work or even while at work and those options weren't available at the time um, that you know we decided to start also so started also in my kitchen I just started out with smoothies to be honest and Luca was the first paying customer um, of the business at that time. So the business started out being sort of a smoothie company. We started with smoothies and detoxes, and then we started to expand into other products, including nut milks first. And then we started going into um, pre-packaged grab-and-go foods. Um, I trained as a chef because at the time also I was going through some dietary, I was having some dietary challenges. And I also need to, needed to drastically change my diet um, to become uh, more plant-based and to become vegan. And that was also a separate challenge on its own. And so I decided to train as a chef more so just to understand food better, to understand food combinations better, and to be able to prepare um, foods in unique and interesting ways. Awesome. Thank you so much for responding. Um, so Afyong, you've told us how you kind of got into eating healthier. But um, I don't think that we know, for Luca, has this always been a lifestyle for you? Have you always eaten healthy food? Um, um, no, no. Um, so um, I think um, growing up, um, I was one of those kids that used to like a lot of food and I liked sweet things. So it wasn't always like that. But as I graduated and I was living in the UK, I started making more healthy choices. So um, when I moved back, I couldn't find anything that was equivalent or all the things that I found that were equivalent were very expensive to, to, um, to buy. And to, to, so I couldn't make those things myself. So that's when I started ordering those smoothies from Afyong. And then um, together we started coming up with other things that like not milks and even salads that have a healthy twist to them to, um, 
in terms of they're Nigerian. So we have our beans and plantain. So you could still eat beans and plantain and make it a salad. So it's, I've not always been healthy, but and unlike Afyong, I'm not a vegan. I'll, um, if we're going to put labels, I'll call myself a flexitarian. Um, I'm mostly plant-based, but I do eat um, chicken and fish from time to time. Okay, I like the idea of calling yourself a flexitarian. In fact, I feel like I'm going to adopt that. <laughs> um, so I think we need to because these days there's so many labels. So we need to we need to find because people are especially because I have a partner that is vegan. So everyone also <laughs> expects me to be vegan as well. So I have to say no, I'm not vegan. <laughs> yeah, I, I like the idea of just infusing a little, like healthier and more wholesome things into your food that makes it better for you and better for your body as opposed to um, like just eating anything or things that are very harmful to the body. Um, so yes. yes, the idea of being a flexitarian appeals to me. If you were going to speak about how OSO has adapted or has been affected by the pandemic, how would you say COVID-19 has impacted the business? Well, I think COVID-19 has affected our business just like it's affected many pretty much every other business out there around the world. I think for us specifically being in the food space and even more specifically being in the fresh food space, um, a number of things have happened. Um, but let's start first of all sort of with us as a, a business in itself. So we have staff, our staff live across Lagos. And one of the things that we had to do uh, towards the end of March and throughout the month of April was that we completely shut down. Um, we didn't feel the need to sort of quarantine our staff on site just so that we could continue to fulfilling customer orders because we felt it was really important for them to be at home with their families. Um, that did take a toll on our business financially, obviously, because we still have them on payroll. And it's one thing that Soluka and I are committed to is making sure that we do take care of our staff because they have grown the business um, with us. So from that perspective, you know, it was a hard hit on us to completely shut down our business. We did not provide any services um, from the end of March through the end of April. I think the other thing... Um, that was um, also hit us as well, being in the fresh food space was our supply chain was affected as well. We um, patronize um, and have relationships with suppliers and growers across the country and obviously with the internal border closures. Um, they were not able to get produce to us um, at the frequency that we were used to and that we needed and also the quality of the produce that they were able to send by the time we get it had deteriorated significantly. And we found that even till now, we're struggling with quality of produce. So um, those are two um, big hits um, that affected our business, um, specifically being in sort of the fresh food space and also because we're very particular about understanding the source of our ingredients, um, where those ingredients are coming from, because we also need to make sure that our customers can trust us to give them um, the high quality of um, products that they are used to. To add to that as well, one of, one of, another um, bit that also affected us also in terms of our customers. So um, usually a lot of our customers were um, people that were working from the office who wanted um, convenient food and so ordering our packed foods and, uh, and our smoothies and our, not, and, and, our, and our nut milk. So a lot of our customers now had to work from home. 
So people were not even as we when we resumed people when we resumed at the, in the, at the beginning of May people were not ordering as they could and we lost a number of our corporate customers because customers and um, the corporate shut down and a lot of those um, people were working from home. So people were um, that we, we had to do a survey quickly to understand what their needs were to understand that could we still we could still provide for you. So um, those are the three main, so we were hit in terms of our, our staff needed to be safe, our customers um, were, were thinking in a different manner and our suppliers were not, not able to supply us. Thank you for, for, for that. I was gonna actually ask what influenced the decision to come back to being fully operational or as operational as you are right now? Well, number one was that the Lagos state government decided to um, ease down lockdown. <laughs> and, uh, and so we then, uh, we then um, decided that we needed to come in. Uh, also, the, um, at that time, during, during, um, from March to April, when we shut down, we had a lot of customers still trying to place orders. So we knew that even though we had uh, um, um, the corporate customers not ordering, we had individual customers who were at home and were struggling in terms of their diets. A lot of people were not used to working from home. People were sitting at desk for a long time. People were putting on weight and people needed to un understand how to eat healthy even while they were at home. So I think when we, we listened to what our customers were saying and we also ensured that we could have our staff too, we could ensure that they could get to work safely because lockdown had been eased and they, they would not have any um, trouble getting to work. Also, um, the other thing we, we did uh, for the first two weeks when we, when we got back to work was that we had to get our staff to come in. We paid for them to come in so that we ensured they were safe because if you, if you remember when lockdown first, um, when, when lockdown was eased, a lot of people were trying to come into work and even the way we were being transported via buses and everything was not safe. So we had to ensure that our staff was safe. So those are the kind of decisions we had to, we, 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 made, we made our decision to come back based on that and also that we are business and we had to keep our business running. This takes me to our next question, which is, so as a result of you guys being closed for a certain period and being like stopping operations completely, what were the difficult decisions that you had to make as a result of the impact of COVID on your business? Oh, I mean, it was tough, but um, like I said yeah. at the beginning, um, um, it's really, it was really important for us to take care of our staff because I think for any business, if you have good staff, which in a lot of cases, it's difficult to find really good staff to find ways to keep them. A worst case scenario for us would be to lay people off, but we were not necessarily open to that. And we were also hopeful that things would start to change, which we are starting to see. So um, for us, the, the impact for us is that... Uh, you know, on, on that decision to close, yes, it cost us. It cost us a lot. It, it cost us in terms of um, revenue. Um, and that's sort of a big hit for us as a small business. One thing that we both had to do is that we had to um, make the decision in communicating with staff to um, reduce salaries, right? So we reduce salaries between a range of 20 and 40%, depending on level. Um, but we rather reduce salaries and keep the stuff that we have than to actually go through the process of laying off at that point in time. So that was one of the, 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 the big, you know, tough decisions that we made. And we made that in communication, um, constant communication with our staff to help them understand. And to be honest with you, they understood because they also saw what was happening around them. 
Um, so that for us was sort of the biggest thing. We still had our, you know, our month to month running costs, you know, whether you're in your office or not, um, you have to keep the lights on, um, you have to continue to pay your bills. So we continue to do that. The other thing for both of us as well is that we had to cover some of the business expenses out of pocket. But again, it was just, you know, something that we had to do to make sure that we could keep the business open because, you know, we were of the opinion, we would take the more sort of positive point of view that, you know, we will get through this. And so we need to sort of manage our way through this storm. So, you know, cutting salaries for staff or even laying people off is never an easy thing for any business to do um, but it's something that we had to do and we've also you know we, we communicate with our staff on a regular basis to let them know sort of what is happening with the business and also to be transparent to bring them along in the journey so that they understand the decisions that we're making. Thank you for that response that was very detailed. I think it's clear that your your staff seem like they are at the heart of your business, which is very good because all they, it basically means that you're probably able to get most out of them or more out of them, despite the fact that maybe um, they had to take some pay cuts or something like that. The next question is, I know that you said that you spoke to your customers and your, your community basically to see what they needed the pan, during the pandemic or what they needed from you during the pandemic. So how has your business now shifted now that you're back to be able to deliver this, this cost, these customer needs? So are you, do you have additional product offerings or have you had to change your model? So we, um, so one of the other, I didn't forget to mention, one of the other tough decisions we made is that we actually, we actually had to cut, um, cut down on, on, in terms of our product offerings. So that was also because of the supply chain as well. So there were a lot of products or a lot of, uh, sort of uh, product variants that we had to stop offering in the meantime because we couldn't get those resources. I think one good thing that we believe for our business especially is that we've always been an online business. And even though we were thinking of, you know, offline um, options to be able to, uh, to enable our customers to be able to pick up products when they want, we've always been an online company. And so it, the adjustment during this period for us was not as difficult as it would have been if we were firstly an offline company trying to come online. So we constantly communicate with our customers through newsletters um, and also through WhatsApp. So we were able to run um, a survey during the course of you know the first few weeks of the lockdown to understand what people were going through, what they needed, and also just to check in with our customers as well. And we got a lot of great feedback from customers, which helped to shape sort of the direction which we are moving in now. So we reduced our product variants. Um, that also helped us contain some of our costs, so we didn't have as many carrying costs. Um, but also we expanded, we created a new product line. Um, and so because so many people are spending much more time at home, because people are cooking at home, people weren't ordering out as much, but we also found out that a lot of our customers were tired of their own food, um, you know, were lacking in ideas of what to do <laughs> with food. And so we launched these sort of DIY stir fry boxes, which are, you know, ingredients are pre-prepped, but customers can buy them and they can finish cooking them at home and they sort of have a meal on the table. We say you have a meal on the table in minutes. Um, and what we do is we explore different ingredients that are available um, that we can get our hands on and we create recipes around them um, and we offer those to customers on a weekly basis.
what is the biggest les lesson that you have learned as businesses and possibly even as individuals as a result of the pandemic? Wow. <laughs> That's a neat <big> question. <laughs> I think personally, and maybe as a business, um, the biggest lesson is um, flexibility is key. Right. Yes. I mean, we all mm -hmm. know we all know we need to be flexible in business, but being flexible and being nimble in business is really important. And I think this is where a lot of small businesses um, are, are at, have an advantage. Um, the ability to make a decision within an hour or within 24 hours to change the direction of your business or your product offering very quickly to respond to change is really, really important. And, um, you know, we, 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 we thought we were flexible until we went through, yes, uh, until, until we started going through this <laughs> pandemic. And then um, you realize that any plan that you had for the year, because we started the year with a strategy. We started the year with plans for what we wanted to achieve as a business year. And literally those plans are out the window. What we're thinking of now, what we're looking to do going forward is completely different to what we sat down and said, this is what our 2020 was going to look like. So. Um, being flexible is really important. Being nimble is very important. And also being lean is very important. I think to add to that as well, one, one thing that we've learned as well is the importance of communication. We've always been communicating with our customers, but this period has really made us, like, if, in terms of communication, we've upped our game. So we're communicating constantly, listening to them, listening to what they need. Also, in terms of our staff as well, you, you, there are things you could assume, even though we're a lean team, that people would, you, you assume that people know you, assume that they should understand. But what we've learned during this period is that we're not making any assumptions. We're telling them as it is. We are communicating with them constantly. Every week, we, we sit down and we tell them, you, you can see what the revenues are. A lot of staff, they'll sit down and assume that they're seeing revenues, but they, they don't also look at the cost. So we're being very open with them and communicating with them as that. Even though we're, the revenues have started increasing and improving this month, but you know that we also have costs and you know what happened previously. So uh, apart from being lean, also communication, communication, communication has been key during this period. Thank you so much. And thank you for speaking to us. I think next part that we should just address is how can people, so people have heard your story now and they want to order from Oso. How should they order from Oso? How can they also keep in touch with Oso? We are online, everywhere online. Um, so you can order um, directly on our website, um, uh, osonutrition.com. Um, actually, it's the best place to order because all our products are always updated online. Um, so you can order uh, from us directly online. You can call us uh, 0909-244-8618 or 8616. You can send us a DM on Instagram. You can send us a WhatsApp message. Um, but yes, we are everywhere. <laughs> we We're are everywhere. everywhere. You can send us an email, hello at osonutrition.com and um, we're online everywhere. Thank you for joining us on this episode of The Wave and huge thanks to our guests for speaking to us today. Follow us on social media at The Wave Podcast and see you next time. <laughs>